Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles with the rich and your Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash, but the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to a very fun, girly episode of Space Trash. And I'm Molly Mulshine, and we're here today mainly to talk about the Barbie movie, but we also need to do a quick catch up on Real Housewives of New York City, uh, the reboot episode two of the season and a little bit of and just like that. We're living in a little bit of a golden moment for girly content, right? I would call it a fluorescent pink moment for girly content. Yeah. And it's interesting with Real Housewives of New York City and and just like that, they're both reboots of canonical things that made me want to live in New York. Wow. Great word. Thank you. Major, major New York media for like women our age. And I just keep thinking about how and why they both continually sort of fail to deliver. I, I I think the reason is because they are reboots. I think if we were being presented with maybe not and just like that, but if we were being presented with Real Housewives of New York City as real girl bosses of New York City, as you said, I, it wouldn't feel like as jarring as maybe disappointing because we wouldn't be comparing it to the old one because they're not housewives. But I don't know. I just I guess my point is I'm trying hard not to compare these things to their old versions because it's not productive. Which is so ironic, though, because isn't that sort of like the through line about like, I feel like that's like part of what the Barbie movie is wrestling with as well, like how to bring back this iconic toy, but actually modernize it. And like, do we like the updates? Right. And why can't we just have new stuff? (laughs) Right. Well, I guess because like we're living in a hologram that is planet Earth and we're only pulling from what we already know. (laughs) Right. Existing IP. Exactly. This is this is all the Marvel universe for girls, basically. Literally. Yes. It's more like the Marvel at universe for girls. Yeah. So if you were to make a brand new New York City centric TV show, what would it be about? What are the subcultures that we want to know about in New York City today? There is these girl bosses, which is the new Real Housewives, which again should not be called Real Housewives because they're not housewives. And then there's like maybe Dime Square. Like maybe we want to know what's going on with the sort of miserable girls that are wearing low-rise stuff again already. But do we? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. Okay, what did you think of the second episode of Real Housewives of New York City? I think that they are just gearing us up for Jessel's divorce. That's got to be what this whole show ultimately is about. Mm -hmm. I felt really bad for her when she put on the green negligee and was like ranting, roaming around the house saying, I look like a Christmas tree. But it was like 
Jessel, you could have put a bra under it. Wait, well, I felt like I felt bad for Jessel during this episode, even though I don't particularly like I don't have an affinity for her, but I felt bad for her because I feel like she kind of like doesn't know what she signed up for in a way like it seems a little bit like she's the butt of the joke and like was not aware that that was like going to be the thing. Right. It's not that she doesn't know what she signed up for. It's that she I, I think her head is up her ass in terms of how she appears to the world, how her marriage appears to the world. Like she has no idea that she's flailing to anyone with two eyes. You know right. what I mean? Like her whole story that she shared, like her through line this episode was so it's funny because she's like, I wanted to keep the in vitro private. And it's like, yo, you should keep every single thing else that you're sharing private. <laughs> Yeah, like, like like in vitro is not the the thing to keep private it's that like you never loved your husband you've never fucked your husband and now you especially don't fuck your husband you don't feel sexy you don't feel inhabited in your body and um you're generally miserable she seems extremely 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 repressed and yeah. it could like, I feel like this whole show if anything this show is like turns out jen is the leader and they're all gay that would be really interesting. More interesting. She, she needs to. What's her What is Jessel's sign again? Is she the one who's a Scorpio? Well, she's the one who I believe I can double check. I believe she was like on the fence. But what I want to say is I don't think I feel like I've never heard a Scorpio having horrible sex in my life. I feel like Scorpios are erotic. That's like the that's like the underpinning of the sign. I think they. I think it ebbs and flows. And no one is 100% erotic all the time. It's kind of like saying- Yeah, but she seems never of the time. Because she's repressed, because she doesn't know why. Mm. She needs to figure Mm. it out. Like, I think she, I could see her having a really interesting journey once she does start to figure out why she's miserable, why she hates her husband, why her apartment is a characterless white box. Like, I think- (laughs) right. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine? Oh my god, the apartment someone... is a metaphor box. <gasps> oh my god, the box. She's not even exploring the box. <laughs> she needs to explore the box. She needs to adorn <laughs> the box. Sorry, what were you? Can you say? believe though? Well, just that, like, can you imagine being like, yeah, like I haven't had sex for years and not even like having the thought to get a vibrator? They're like, do you have uh, a vibrator? She's like, I should get one. It's like, dude, yeah. Yeah. Not everyone likes vibrators. I'm not into that. Really? Wow. Well, yeah, you have one of those magical pussies. I won't broadcast that you're married now, but like, <laughs> like you're a real, you're a real fucking catch. You're a real fucking catch. But like in general, even if it's not that, I, I don't know. I just like, I guess, yeah, everybody's relationship to their sexuality is different. And whether it's vibrator or a pussy pump or just some of the clit suckers or just anything, like, I just feel like Ew. to not have, I, I own it all. It's all great. I love a little bit of robotics, but like, what did I say I just, to you yesterday about the rain in London that it's pussy drizzle? Oh and my I was god, like, oh yeah, my god, I'm gonna drizzle. kill myself for coming Off. up with that phrase. That was, that was pretty, that was gnarly. It was, I did not, pretty. I didn't mean it like, like that. I meant like it's a drizzle that's very like pussified. Like it's a it's very like you cap- pussy. You dr- you suck drizzle. Right. But it's you don't sounded- even have a you don't even have a harsh uh, impact. Right. But it sounded like <laughs> I was talking about a bodily function and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just typed those words. It's so disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Um, I'm pu- OK, so I have Jessel's chart up. Yeah. Like I just feel like I just feel for anyone. I, I guess it's what I go back to, which is like world wars start because of 
a disconnect from our own sexualities. Like mm-hmm. I really feel strongly that everyone needs to explore their sexuality. And I, I guess I'm just confounded by people who, and I guess like she sort of talks about it, like, you know, in, in her culture and in Indian culture, it's very repressed and it's, you know, they are sort of uh, conservative about what they share and what they don't share. But like, I don't know. I just felt like everything she was sharing pained me so deeply. And it was like, Oh my God, Jessel, like, you don't know yourself at all. And I thought that contradicted or that juxtaposed with the Jenna story about discovering that she was in fact a lesbian was pretty interesting because it's like, if anything, I thought it was very permission giving like, hey, you know what? Sometimes you wake up and you're 40 and you have a horrible marriage and you realize that you're attracted to your friend and like, it's okay for that to be the journey. Like, I just, I thought it was interesting that Jenna also found herself in this position in her in retrospect like her story was really like yeah I really didn't know I didn't know my body either like I didn't know what turned me on either I didn't she said I didn't even know that women were gay which I thought was an interesting sort of thing but then it's like well it also just makes sense because it's like when she also describes that her mother was very cold and her mother had Asperger's I was like oh so she was she was specifically taught like to ignore or she was it was modeled to her to not like explore feelings. Whereas with Jessel, it's like, I don't know. I guess she was too. It wasn't Asperger's. It was Indian culture. But either way, it's like, ladies, have some fun. I mean, we can all find things in our upbringing that we could blame all of our specific quirks on. And it doesn't necessarily because there are plenty of people who grow up in Indian culture and aren't like Jessel. There are plenty of people who grow up. I'll tell you about what happened. I saw the Barbie movie with my mother and she was such a cunt. So like, yeah. But your mom's not Indian. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, you you saw her you saw her note about organization and after her behavior in the Barbie movie, it explains a lot about my personality. It's like we all have things that are like our mothers influence us no matter what. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we have to evolve also, out of our conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Also, you said that Jenna said she had never like explored her sexuality before. She didn't really say that. I think I don't think she found her sex life underwhelming before she came out. She yeah. didn't say anything to that effect. So I think I agree. I think some people just well, she don't she realize it's so late in life. Right. I don't think it was that it was underwhelming. I think that what she found was when she was leaning into the romantic relationships with women, it was overwhelming, which is actually just whelming. Like, I think she was I think she was like, oh, this is how you're supposed to feel. That is what she said. She said, OK, when I was when I found myself compelled to kiss her, I had never actually felt that before. Like, wow, I like want to kiss you with her friend across the table that she was asking yeah, yeah, all these yeah. questions about scissoring to or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jenna is definitely the best person on the show by far. I could the watch- most interesting. Oh, my God. She is. I, I'm obsessed with her. She's really, really interesting. Really yeah. cool. I yep. also, even when Jessel is just such a figure of sadness, it's like, even when she's getting ready, putting on the Alexander Wang with the Balenciaga. And I, I thought Jenna was going to say, those are both canceled designers. What are you doing? But instead, I know that's what I thought too. When she said those, I, I couldn't believe that it was just like faux pas. I was like, no, they, they, I mean, maybe it wasn't before the, the, the it baby might have been porn or whatever. The Balenciaga. It must've been before yeah. that. But yeah, it was just funny. But I was like, oh, my God, Jessel literally can't win. So I when they were all saying how rude she was being, she was being incredibly rude, like cartoonishly incredibly rude, rude about that lingerie gift. First of all, I agree. Second of all, 
it was so obvious that it was because she feels so insecure and disembodied. So right, anybody would have put it, it, even if you felt uncomfortable and like, it's like you're doing a show like put th- belt it. Barnabra and belt it like yeah, play, pl- like play, play. I will say, though, I'm looking at her chart right now and I take back what I said. Her Venus is in Scorpio and Venus in Scorpio. I've said it before. It's the drum I will beat again and again and again. Venus in Scorpio is one of the most withholding Venus signs. Like, I think that in a way, Venus, people that have Venus in Scorpio, what they really get off on is like, longing or um being like there there's something attractive about the not having and the wanting more so than the actual unless you're really really into it with yourself and then it becomes deeply intimate but it's almost like so deeply intimate that you keep love and relationship almost at a at a arm's length because it's it's the it's the the not having the excruciating not having that actually is attractive. So I, I could see that being a part of where she's sort of not been interested in exploring her her sexuality more because it's sort of like there's something about the lack of it that might in her mind be turning her on. Interesting. I, I also couldn't help but notice in her flashback photos from 2013 of her and her husband, their flashback photos looked like our post-college years and that was very jarring for me because I know I usually on these too. yeah usually on these shows when they're like here's the backstory of where I met my husband they're both in like 80s aerobics gear and now I'm like right. oh my god they're just dressed they're like our they're age going out in Hoboken in 2013 right. this is so embarrassing it's just like going out tops yeah oh my god oh my god oh my god um Cy I know I said in the last episode that Cy is my front runner for alpha I have to revoke that because How'd you tell she was too much with the I'm bringing nine suitcases and my own toilet paper. It was just oh, it was trying too hard. It was. But isn't that exactly what I said that she said? Like she literally when I met her years ago was like, yeah, the thing about my life is that like everywhere I go, I need multiple outfits and to be just turning everything into like content creation. And why she was so annoying in this episode was because it was like, oh, it's that. That's your job. Yeah. But also, I feel like there's a more elegant way to go about it. Well, she's Brooklyn, baby. I guess. I also, oh, it was a little weird, I have to say, to give the girls that you just met lingerie as a gift and suggest that you all wear it around. That That is weird. That is a little bit overly intimate. But like that to me was clearly a producer. I do not think that the recent lesbian was like, hey, girls, come on over and put on some lingerie. Like I feel because wasn't it Jenna that that delivered the lingerie? Yeah, I didn't really understand what the origin story of the lingerie actually was. It was really weird. I mean, I think that that's sort of part of what this show is doing wrong to me a little bit, which is like, they're just like, they're showing all the seams. Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. they're not even trying to bury the production. It's like, oh, I actually happen to have a bag full of exactly enough unworn tags on lingerie. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, why? Why? And then also, like, even with Aaron, Aaron's like, we're doing only caviar. It's like, that's a stupid idea. Whether people eat cheese or not, only caviar is also a bad idea. It's like, what what are we just, like, manufacturing all all the drama we can to see what sticks? 
Yeah, and caviar on Pringles. That's that was really what are you really doing? bad. What are you so, doing? And then I was thinking, I'm contradicting myself because do you remember when we talked about the Hilton sis the Richard sisters, Kyle, Kathy, Kim, and how Kathy was putting caviar on a baked potato and Kyle's like, oh my God, I can't believe she's putting caviar on a baked potato. Who does that? And we were like, rich people do that. Like, yeah, but ca- baked potato Kathy is, a is rich. For anything. Yeah, but baked potato is a vehicle for anything. Pringles is is low rent, as your mother would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, low rent. So at why least is- wheat thins, at least wheat thins, at least give me a give me a saltine or a Pringles crackers. Right, right. It's, it's like, Uba, while you're at provisions, could you pick up some rosemary crisps? Like, like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. The Pringle thing was really, really, really not right and it is but it's wrong. also just like but it, but it just seems like it's right because they were like this will be a this will be a talking point like this will be dramatic it's like okay cool this is like snooze like who yeah. cares also aaron you eat it with you eat pringles and caviar usually that's what you usually eat no way there's no way no what way. did you think about aaron this episode did you i send know, you how she donated to stop the steal yeah it i mean yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> what the fuck? Stop the steal. I don't care if you're a Republican, but I wouldn't trust a realtor that actually thought the election was stolen. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? You're gonna get you're gonna get this house stolen now too, because like you are all the way off here with your thinking. Yeah. I don't know. I also thought that okay, so there was the big storyline that that Uba took the 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 condensed cream from the kitchen or whatever. Coconut the way that- cream. Coconut cream. The way Aaron was acting, like, you have to give that box. Stop the steal. Stop the steal 2.0. Yeah, stop the steal. Stop the coconut oh milk God, steal. Stop the coconut milk steal. He is being on brand. No, but I would have, if I was in that situation with or without cameras, I would also be mortified. I would be like, what are you doing? That's so weird. I just thought Uba was clearly trying to make television. And I was in like, really so now- totally nonsensical way the whole thing is nonsensical like I just feel like I liked I thought it was funny of Uba because it's like she clearly is taking advantage of the fact that this is just ridiculous and she just needed a character moment like this whole episode was Uba sort of just like being bored I felt and everything about her behavior was like what could I do to just do fucking something so she's like I'm going to provisions then it was close and then she's like, I'm stealing the coconut milk. And then she's like, I'm a grandma in lingerie. And it's like, she was just bored and trying to be funny. I know that wasn't very grandma lingerie either. It looked great at all. Her. I was like, who's your grandma? My grandma would never. So you're going to keep watching the show? Uh, for the sake of these conversations, perhaps. Otherwise, I would never. But, but, but we're enjoying the conversation so much. Do but you- see, that's why, though. I never really under, until this, until we have had dialogue about what it means to be a woman post Barbie universe like because like I think it's just I guess it would be more interesting to me if I felt it was more like intervention like when you watch intervention you ever watch intervention okay I love intervention I love intervention I love it because it but it's like it's so it's so depressing but it's like so fucking real like it's like like they're 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 so the junkies don't even know the cameras are there because they're so whacked out it's like i feel like this is just so and maybe it's maybe look maybe it's the <clears throat> film student in me but i'm just so i just feel like i'm getting hit in the face with production 24 7 every episode it's just like look what the producers tried this time and it's like come on 
well you should watch the early seasons because they're not as much like that but right i I feel like that's much more interesting to me i think what you're describing actually is high stakes versus low stakes like you like exactly high stakes i like yes yes low stakes i don't like murder I don't like death. I just want to watch a comedy of manners. I want to watch one person doing something and the other person is mortified. And how are we going to handle it? And how are we going to get out of here without alienating anybody? Maybe it's because I'm a Capricorn. I don't know. Well, no, no. Actually, what I was going to say is it's actually a moon thing because I'm a Capricorn moon. You're a Taurus moon. It's the essential Mm -hmm. difference between and right in the middle is Virgo moon, which is trying to actually like fix things or actually make things functional. Taurus moon wants comfort, low stakes. Capricorn moon wants high stakes, climb the mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Emotionally. That makes a lot of sense. That's why this is my comfort television and your comfort television is that fucking Minnesota murder show. Literally, I can't get enough. I'm like annoyed that the Murdaws aren't out there murdering. All right, real quick on and just like that. Mm -hmm. So we're all caught up. The show Mm -hmm. is getting better. I have to say. It might be because they are doing some sexual hijinks. It might be because people Miranda is being more of a believable Miranda again. I don't know. But there was one thing that happened in the most recent episode that I wanted to get your opinion and the opinions sure. of our listeners on. So for anybody who didn't see the show, Charlotte's daughter, Lily, announces to her parents that she's going to lose her virginity. Mm-hmm. And Harry obviously is very freaked out. And Charlotte is like, OK, I guess I'm glad that she is telling us this a few scenes later, there's like a crazy blizzard in New York. It's a bomb cyclone. And Lily is like, I'm going over to the boy's house. We're going to do it. His parents are snowed in in Vermont. And Charlotte's like, what the fuck? But okay, great. Like take, you know, take care of yourself. She actually says like, make sure you focus on your pleasure and not just his, which I guess is good advice. But um, Lily gets to the boy's house and the boy doesn't have any condoms because each of them thought the other person was going to get the condoms. She says he thought I was going to get them and I thought he was going to get them. So then Charlotte's like, well, tell him to go buy some. And she's like, he can't because this local store owner will recognize him and tell his parents. So Charlotte goes out in the bomb cyclone to buy condoms for her daughter to lose her virginity. Would you do this for your child? I would send my child to the store. Yeah. Right? Durr. That is like such a Charlotte move, though, because I feel like that's part of the essential character of Charlotte, which is that she, whatever Charlotte, whatever happened to Charlotte in her in her childhood has turned her trauma response into like just fixing other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, I feel like Charlotte, wants to be the like hero so badly and as a result she just I mean that's where her comedy comes from like her her buffoonish desire to like be the perfect fill in the blank so in this case it was like be the perfect mom and like save her child from but it's like look if you're if you're old enough to be having sex you're certainly old enough to be buying condoms hey why don't you have him go and have him pick up some tampons while you're at it really get him right it's like what are we like and it's like, what are we, 12? Okay, maybe maybe Lily is 12. But it's like, don't save her. For, I just think it's a whack move to save her from buying condoms. It's going to have to happen for the rest of your life if now you're going to be sexually active. Let's not make it weird. Everybody buys condoms if they have a brain. Here's what I would have done. I would have said, you come home right now because you do not have sex with boys who can't buy their own condoms. Or I would say, go to Amazon. We have Amazon Prime. It'll come in the morning. Just do oral. 
tonight. Yeah. Like, but mm-hmm. oral also can give you STDs. But yeah, but when have you ever used a dental damn mall? Never. But that's why I don't really do that with strangers. You know, well, I don't do like, it with strangers, but that's her boyfriend. But he's not. I mean, she never even said he was her boyfriend. She just said they've known each other for a long time. So they think. Well, it's then a good that's idea. the question I would ask as the mother. I would ask. I would say, look, there's different kinds of birth control. The girls have to sort the girl birth control and the boys have to sort the boy I birth agree. control. I agree. And if it goes on his dick, he needs to buy it. Like I agree. You, this is not a man that you should be having sex with. That he can't even fucking go into the store and buy condoms. Like, How about you take the train one stop and just go to the Dwayne Reed in the neighborhood next door? Like, it would right. be so fast. Or take a walk together. How about you take a romantic walk together in the blizzard and really there- get the vibe going? Like, and a million reasons why. If somebody's making an excuse as why they can't actually do anything to protect you, he's not, like, a safe space. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. And I really don't. I'm I really, really, really resent any time the onus is on the woman for birth control, because I agree. I think and I know this is an unpopular and controversial opinion, but I think even if a woman is on birth control, the man still has a responsibility to wear a condom or at the very least pull out because or at least have a condom. I think men should just have if men are having sex. They should always have condoms on them just for the yeah. sake of like proving that they're like a competent. You could choose not to use it. You could do whatever you want. But the man should. It's like this. Yeah, it's like. You, and if you choose not to pull it, you need to if you choose not to use it, you need to pull out. Of course. Oh, my God. But yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, I don't know. Did you tell your mom when you first had sex? I have a funny sort of first time I had oh, sex no. story. And how? OK, so wait, how did you find out? And, and did you have condoms? How does it go know. for you? She found, she found out when I told them I was pregnant. She's like, oh, the stork came? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't tell my mom. mom. I don't want my kid to tell me when they're having sex. No. Oh, and wait, how did your first, like, like, did you, like, did he have a condom the first time you had sex? I'm sure I made him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm brainwashed by Catholicism. So I'm right, terrified. Right. <laughs> I'm terrified of pregnancy and STDs. So, like, totally. I... I've been the condom Nazi my entire sexual life, like, which is great. That's why I never got pregnant by accident. 100%. Even whenever I was on the pill in a serious relationship, I would make them pull out because like the the birth control pill is only 99% protective. That means if you have sex a hundred times, one of them could get you pregnant and you're having sex a hundred times. If you're a fucking young person in your twenties, like you need to have backup you can't just be on hormone hormonal birth control so many people everyone i know who's gotten pregnant by accident was on hormonal birth control that i actually know to be true as well yeah. um but, but i will say that i went the other way with it which is like i'm like yeah come inside me and i've blasted my uterus with every plan b that has ever been manufactured um what gave like you the they- confidence to think that you would get away with that sarah Pregnancy from the does. bible the jew the, i'm a barren jewish woman i'm the leader of the jews you know i don't know why is that? Why? Why? <laughs> what is that? All the, old, all the old biblical Jewish women were barren. That's why it's like a miracle that we're still here because God, like at, when they were like 95, gave all the Rachel, Sarah, every major Jewish figure in the Bible or in the Old Testament was barren until they were like 100 years old and had like a miracle baby named. And in Sarah's case, it was named Isaac, named for laughter because it was such a joke that she was having a baby at 95 or whatever. So I was like, OK, until I'm 95, I'm good. Wow. 
But wait, do you want to know the story? Is that some reverse psychology to keep Jewish people accidentally getting pregnant so that you keep replenishing the stock or something? That's very funny. Well, I I did. I never had that exact thought. The thought that I've always had about it was like, oh, that's why the like super conservative or like Hasidic Jews have so many children because they're right. like, we are so lucky. Right. Like, they're if like, you can, oh my if God. you got it, flaunt it. If you got it, flaunt it. Like, do it. Get pregnant again. It's a miracle. Oh, my God. The funniest thing happened when I was home in Target. I heard this woman going, Morty, Morty, stop that. And I was just like, oh, my God, she sounds like she's on Seinfeld in the 90s. And I had to turn and look and she was talking to like a, a two year old. No. Oh, my God. A two year old named Morty's amazing. Though. I, know, I love like Morty a for a toddler. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. I was like Morty for the toddler. I love that. It was so but she's cute. already she's that's like a preview into his future. It's like, well, there's your also your future wife. And this is the rest of your life, Morty. Sorry. <laughs> um, Morty. It's so cute. Morty for a two year old. That makes you now. Maybe I will uh, just. Plan A, plan B, plan C. Give me a Marty. No, but yeah. I um. Wait, so, so the, did you tell your mom when you had sex for the, fir- for the first time? So the first time I had sex, I didn't tell her beforehand, but I did. Like, so my mother, I wouldn't necessarily say she's a helicopter mom as much as like I am like the joy of her life. Like I am her number one job on earth. Mm-hmm. And how funny how the tables maybe have have turned a bit. But um. So the reverse happened as I became an adult. But now I have to take care of her. Lol, 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 and I'm not having job. children because I have a Myra. Right. I don't have a Morty. I have a Myra and she's my mother. But um, so she but I was I was like with Dave Witt for like a long time. Now, I had gotten in a fight with Dave Witt about having sex because he was like ready. We'd been together a long time. I do long term relationship from day one. And mm-hmm. so we'd been together for like three years. But like, you know, from like right before freshman year and I didn't, this is so slutty, but like, I didn't want to have sex like before I was 15. Even now looking back, I'm like, wow, that's so fucking young. But at 14, I was like, I'm too young. So he was like really ready. He was like a year older. He was like ready. And I wasn't ready. And then we had like kind of a fight about it. I remember telling my mom, like, I'm not ready to have sex. And like, I feel pressured. And her being like, you don't have to have sex. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then what the minute I turned, like literally the day I turned 15, I had sex. And I was like waiting. Oh my God. I did that with 16. Like, oh my God. After I turned 16, I think it was like a month later because I was like, I don't know why 16 feels right. I made him wait till I was 16. There's like something like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where 15 came from, but like there was some like there was some invented boundary in my head where I was like, until this, no way. But so I like the day I turned 15, I had sex. And then because it was like around birthday time, my mom took me out to or maybe it wasn't right after I had sex for the first time, but after the first few times, my mom, we were at the Cheesecake Factory and my mom's like, is there something you want to tell me? And I'm like, no. Mm. And she's like, I think you have something you want to tell me. And I was like, no. And then she's like, (laughs) okay, well, even if you don't want to tell me, I want to tell you that you should open the bottom drawer. Like my, my mother knows me. We are like, you should open the bottom drawer of, you know, how like we had like a telephone table where it was sort of like all the everything drawers. So yeah. there were three everything drawers and the bottom one was like a big, a bigger drawer. And she's like, you might want to like open the bottom drawer of the telephone table and just see what's there. And I was like, okay, like whatever. I get home and I open the bottom drawer of the telephone table and there is a Costco sized pack of 
ribbed her pleasure condoms. Oh my God. <laughs> Hell yeah, Myra. So that's how Myra dealt with it, which I thought was actually fucking awesome. I, I like snuck that box upstairs. I was a little bit like, keep it in the bag. Like, why do I have to like, carry this up? I have to wait for dad to go to sleep to bring this upstairs. But I was really grateful. I was like, wow. Like, because even when you're first buying condoms, like if anything, Charlotte just said, go to the neighborhood next door and get ribbed her pleasure condoms. Like, I, I love that it wasn't just like, run of the mill condoms she like went out of her way it was like a thousand pack of her pleasure ribbed condoms and I was like wow mom like you know about fucking that's cool that's great did you yeah. make him use a condom the first time you had sex yes well he used a condom we were kids it was like the yeah. thought of even not using a condom was like what are you gonna do heroin next like yeah yeah it yeah, was yeah. like that was like insane then like to not use a condom in high school it was like what are you like asking for it like no no condom we definitely i got more liberal in my later years but um they did but, a good job brainwashing us i guess in the 90s absolutely no they definitely no and there 2000s. was no question there was no question well i think it's also because that was before plan i don't know if it existed but it definitely wasn't something i knew about like i didn't know that i could just blast my uterus every time i might have a sperm in me at that point oh, so it was like yeah, like it was very dangerous. It was like a really like if you're going to do it, it was it felt like I was like if I was going to skydive, I'd better make sure the parachute works. Also, it was coming off of the AIDS epidemic, which was definitely a right. time when condoms became normalized because condoms existed for a long time before that. But no one used them because paradoxically to use a condom meant that you were a slut. Wow. Yeah. yeah but I mean, it is at least though, in the Catholic world, at least in the in where I come, like where my parent, my mom came came from, you know, I mean, that's I think it's just so interesting because it's I mean, we'll get to the Barbie movie. I'm dying to know your take. But like, I do feel like part of this weird, even astrologically, this moment that we're in, it's a very like turning of the wheel moment. And as we reflect, as we look back, as Pluto is at the very end of Capricorn for the very last time in any of our, our children, or even our grandchildren's lifetimes, we're really looking at sort of the, how the pendulum swings. Like Barbie is one thing. Barbie is another thing. Condoms are one thing. Condoms are another thing. Sexual. It's like, so, you know, these, these things that we create, like, the meaning changes as culture evolves and it is that's so that is paradoxical and it's so interesting right that like condom actually meant slut it was like stigmatized yeah that's just that's fascinating yeah and and we i feel like we have like psas and like campaigns yeah. to normalize condom use and make you wear a condom and i wonder if it's gone out of favor because i don't see those kind of things anymore but also luckily kids are so addicted to smartphones that they don't get pregnant anymore they're not having sex so yeah they're well they're, they're, their sims are their avatars are all right having, exactly they're, they're, that's their tamagotchis my, that represent them are pregnant yeah that's my favorite stat to pull out because people are always like kids today grow up so much faster and i'm like it's like no kids today are like stunted avatars yeah, you sound like such an idiot. You think you're so smart, but it's not true at all. Kids used to get married at 14, girls at right. least. Like right. kids are not growing up faster. That's something that people have said since the beginning of time. Everyone when they get out of their youth is like, the kids today are bad. And it's so dumb. And guess what? The kids are actually growing up a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a it's lot. Really, it's really interesting. I mean, yeah, I guess you just sort of answered my other question too, which is I was gonna say, like. Yes, so much of our childhood was 
like commercial and PSA heavy, whereas now everything's streaming and, you know, I'm like, do they even see commercials anymore? But I'm like, oh, yeah, their smartphones are popping up shit all the yeah. time. But I don't know. I don't see any like it is funny. Like, I I don't know. Like, what has what has happened to the PSA? Yeah, there's not a lot of like public health initiatives. There are over here in the UK. That's because it's like a national program and they have a budget for it. Yeah, they're communists. So <laughs> they communists. And the, Com- communists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What mm-hmm. did you think of the what did you think of the Miranda break? So I when Steve gave that little monologue where he was like, this is my house. I built it. You didn't want to come to Brooklyn. You didn't want this house. You didn't even you didn't want me. You didn't even want Brady. I was literally like punching the ceiling like ghosty (laughs) fucking finally. I've always loved Steve. I've been a Steve stand since day one. She has never deserved or yeah, she's never deserved him. Never, ever. Oh, and. At one point, did you notice when they show she finds a condom wrapper that makes her realize oh, right. that he's been hooking up with people, too? It's a magnum. And I'm like, good. They gave Steve a magnum. He deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one's got more big dick energy than Steve. That's why he was like confident enough to sort of go after her anyway. I it love made so that. Much, it actually it actually rounded out his character so perfectly. Yeah. It's like, oh, of course. Yeah. I And then she goes over to Che's house and gets dumped for the second time in a row that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like good she's been acting like a fucking selfish asshole it's not cool what she did to steve what she did to her son and che diaz is obviously not going to be a long-term partner for her i mean they kind of get the hint comics comics are bad catches (laughs) yeah (laughs) they really glossed over how che kind of tried to initiate a threesome between their ex-husband and miranda with no forewarning and Miranda's like you know what I'm okay and it's like I would have been furious if someone did that to me like you you can't just introduce that kind of thing in the heat of the moment I don't know I will say this Sarah Ramirez who plays Che a star yeah I agree I think that Che also kind of gets a bad rap because I don't know it it's really weird. I don't hate Che as much as everyone else does. I think Che's hot. Yeah. I'm definitely a straight woman, but every <laughs> once in a while, there will be a a she or a they them that catches my eye. And I find Sarah Ramirez very attractive. Yeah. They're just super confident and yeah. in Swagger. control. You can see why, why Miranda would maybe blow up her entire life, but also... It's still, I don't know. I actually can't know. I don't know why I said that. I just feel bad because I've always just thought Steve was such a wonderful partner. And I I think that is the issue with Miranda in general. It's like she does seem to suffer from a severe lack of gratitude. And she is as a character constantly. And maybe it's just like the layer in her. I'm not sure. But she's just totally unsatisfiable. Like nothing is. And then it's like, of course, she was totally enamored with Che because Che was obviously going to play her out. Right. Exactly. How How fucking typical. And even when you're watching them together, when even when things are going well, you're just like, what is Che getting out of this? I know. Che is polyamorous and on the up and up in their career, meeting people constantly who probably are open to hooking up. What would they be doing with a 60 year old lawyer you know like it's just 
I, it, it just didn't really, that part of it is the part that didn't make sense to me because Miranda was such a stick in the mud. And also Che is at a point where they are comfortable with themselves and they have figured out their sexuality and their gender identity. So do they really feel like coaching someone who's older than them through that process? You know, some people have, I don't even want to say like mommy issues, but like, I don't know. I know people that have things for older women. I've heard a lot of like my gay friends will be like, you don't want to hook up with someone who's just coming out of the closet because it's a pain in the ass because they have no idea what they're doing and they're going through identity issues and things like that. Like, I find it hard to believe that Che would sign up for that when their life is so carefree otherwise. I don't because there's a certain type of person that likes to be the call it daddy, call it mommy, call it the Dumbledore. The Dumbledore, <laughs> right? Like leading the person through the, the gay Dumbledore. I do think that that's something that might be a turn on, actually, to be like, I'll show you the ropes. Like, let me be, let me break you in. It's almost like 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 the way it must feel to like take someone's virginity or something like it's sort of like a second chance at these firsts. Yeah, I guess I was never into that. It could be like a power dynamic thing where it's like, I'm your guide through pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I would be more like. I'm I, I don't want I don't want to be anyone's guide. I want. Yeah, I definitely to... take men places that they didn't think they were going to go. So, OK, so you're the Gandalf here. I, I never thought it was anything. Other than what <laughs> and I'm the Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, right. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> absolutely. Taurus Moon. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, okay. actually, Bilbo Baggins could literally have your chart. Wait, why do you say why? I was gonna say let's talk about Barbie now, but now I want. Okay, know. well, real quick though, because Bilbo Baggins, it's like okay, so Capricorn Sun, he's a prominent member of the community. Everybody sees him, <laughs> knows him. Like he actually is the ring guy. Low key, what he just wants is like <laughs> safety, power, eternal life, the ring. And then Pisces rising, he's like on his journey. I don't think I'm a pillar of the community though. You def. Okay, that's insane what community the space trash community oh right oh right and okay. the moonual community and the news media community the south jersey shore community not i south don't live in south shore jersey community i was gonna say I, I corrected myself the shore community the bayhead community the i don't Catholic think i'm community. a pillar in any of those i think i'm kind of an interloper no no you're you're just a humble leader you're simply a humble leader thank you that's nice like Bilbo, you have a lot of humility, even though what you really want is the ring and the power. Yeah, well, I that I could get that that I could see. Yeah, and I'm sort of like a mix between like Gandalf and um, I would say my precious. What's his name? <laughs> I'm Smeagol? I'm 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 if if Smeagol and Gandalf had a baby, it me. The moment we've all been waiting for. We haven't even texted about this. What did you think was the point? of the Barbie movie. I thought the point of the Barbie movie was to unpack social dynamics, patriarchy and capitalism, and ultimately to acknowledge how difficult it is and has been to be a woman and also give men permission to to start over and actually to find out who they are when they're not in relationship to their power in the world. Okay. Okay. What did you think it was about? I thought it was about 
now I forget because you made me give me so much to think about. I, I thought the Barbie movie was about. It was about kind of trying to fit Barbie into a larger feminist narrative, which doesn't necessarily work. And because it doesn't work, it be, the movie became about gender equality and how we can actually get that. Mm-hmm. See, Instead I didn't of- think it was. I didn't think it was trying to fit Barbie into a narrative, an, a feminist narrative, as much as it was just trying to say, like, Barbie is here, and how do we talk about it today? Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's like it yeah. just happens to be that, like, to have like whether you're like a feminist or not, like if you love people, then you're a feminist. Like if you if you love women, it's going to have a feminist lean because we're not going to put down women and if you want your movie to be a commercial success it has to pay lip service to this sort of pantsuit nation ideal of a woman president and woman supreme court justices etc but see i didn't think that was about feminism i thought that was actually the funny thing is every barbie in the movie was a barbie like do you know that before women could vote barbie had gone to the moon what? That's not true. It is true. I was just listening to a podcast about it. It's like before women had Barbie was Sarah. Barbie. Women could vote from like the 1920s. The <laughs> okay. 19-teens. I, I might have misheard. <laughs> I might have misheard. Barbie. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't vote. I don't remember what the stat was. I was sort of half listening. But it was something. It was talking about how like Barbie, like in 1959. It was 1919. Okay, so that was that's when Congress passed women's right to vote. They weren't and then calling it was... her Barbie then. They were calling her sticks and she was made of sticks, but she had gone <laughs> to the moon. No. Um <laughs> and Barbie okay. was invented in 1959. Just I take back what I said about voting, but some whatever rights women didn't have in the early 60s. Right. So okay. I read this really, really good uh <laughs> essay about the movie in the context of the beauty industry. Mm. And and the movie's relationship to feminism and its relation and all of the products that are being sold alongside it, licensed Barbie products. There's literally like a Barbie anti-cellulite cream that's been licensed to go along with this movie, which is obviously re- like completely hypocritical because it's well, that's where it's against- like Mattel. I know. So it's called Barbie Has Cellulite, but you don't have to by Jessica Defino is part of her Substack, unpublishable. And I found yeah, she's it through- a New York comic. She's a comic in New York. Wow. Yeah. I found it through Today in Tabs, the newsletter. Oh, cool. And which Good we, for had, her. we had Rusty on. Remember? Oh, Friend yeah. Of the pod, oh, yeah. He, I forget why we had him on. Maybe it was Elon Musk taking over Twitter or something like that. I think it was like something about like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, something, something techie. But so she oh, wrote it was about meta. Of, it was about meta. Yes, yes, yes. So she was writing all about the this this sentence I really liked. The issue, as it was with Don't Worry, Darling and Blonde, is that you cannot subvert the politics of Barbie while preserving the beauty standards of Barbie. And she makes the point that, like, yes, Barbie is doing all these great things and having all these great jobs from 1959 onward. But throughout that whole time, she's still meeting the baseline level of beauty that was considered necessary to succeed at that time. So it's like the movie kind of glosses over that by like throwing in one overweight Barbie. And it's like, okay, but there aren't really any overweight Barbies and all the other Barbies. That was actually a Cabbage Patch doll. (laughs) Like in all of the, oh my God. (laughs) 
And all the other Barbies are still skinny. So it's like, really, you're just going to throw in one token bigger girl and and we're we're going to pretend that, you know, part of the punchline is a Barbie having cellulite and like, that's okay. So listen to this. She says in 1971, throughout the 60s and 70s, courts consistently upheld the right of employers to enforce appearance based policies on female employees, secretaries, nurses, news anchors and more. In 1971, a judge sentenced a stewardess to lose three pounds a week or go to prison. In 1975, Xerox withdrew a job offer uh, based on a woman's weight. As the number of women in the workforce went up, the number of diet-related articles in women's magazines rose 70%. Feminists were stereotyped as ugly in an effort to undermine their message. So this, to me, is like the movie really didn't... I would have loved to have seen it go a little deeper into the beauty aspect of everything and the fact that, you know, Barbie still is Margot Robbie, you know? like, And, and it it just didn't really... I don't know. And then the other thing that bothered me was the same thing that bothered me actually in Don't Worry Darling, which is why did you pick the real world in the end? Right. The Barbie world seems so much better. Honestly, Kendom seemed fun. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Like, also, I'm sorry. Now I'm just ranting about things I found wrong with it. I did enjoy it. I did really like the movie. It just... We went to film school. We both have been to film school. We actually went to film school? We rip movies apart. This is what we do. Even when we love them, we take apart the script. We take apart everything because it's what we do. It's what we were trained to do. I also thought that Barbie's main... This is part of the issue with the ending. Her storyline was eclipsed by Ken's much funnier and more entertaining storyline, right? I mean, Ryan, I I couldn't believe how much i actually laughed right i thought he was so funny and i thought it was so funny yes i couldn't believe it i laughed i haven't laughed that hard in a theater yeah. since like austin powers the spy I, I, who I thought me yes, and yes, and that was yes back when i w- it was much easier to make me laugh because totally. i was like 12 you know what yeah. i mean like yeah 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 it was so funny i was like gasping for air and those were all Ryan Gosling moments and I just kind of I know I, I love Barbie that. had moments I thought she had some really I thought when she was sitting down for her existential crisis I thought her I thought her physical work I thought her physicality was fabulous I thought she really yeah. nailed the humor in the stiffness of a doll yeah for sure but just her story in general it was a little bit muddy to me it was like mm. okay she's the perfect Barbie, she starts to have thoughts that are uncomfortable to her, cellulite, her feet go flat. She has to go into the real world to figure out why the person who's playing with her is so depressed. Um, She comes back to Barbie land and that whole storyline is kind of thrown aside because now we have to save Barbie land from the Kens. And the thing is, why did all of the Barbies become immediately subservient to the Kens? That wasn't really clear it was just right and then and then their plot to free the barbies was really weird as well it just was kind of a little bit too oversimplified and then once they overthrow the kens the point is both of the genders kind of need to treat each other better and then it goes into this whole monologue about about moms right so yeah, I actually didn't 
Or I guess the thing is, like, I did kind of have all these thoughts, but, like, I didn't want to. Like, because in terms of, like, my experience as a moviegoer, I laughed. I cried. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was everything a film should be. I thought this could be Greta Gerwig's uh, foray into Broadway. I think it will be a Broadway show. I thought the music was really funny. I saw it with captions in the theaters, which I appreciated. And, like, you really catch a lot of the, like, like, the Lizzo songs are written very funny. Like, it actually is good comedy. And the mother stuff killed me I was weeping weeping and um but I think you're right I mean it is interesting because it's like the whole premise that they're that the movie is built on is this idea that every Barbie is actually feeling the feelings of the person playing with them so right how did the Kens just walk in and say like actually fuck your handlers handler Ruth handler fuck your handlers we are now going to reprogram you even though actually what we've learned this entire movie is that it's the doll owner that actually programs the dolls so it's sort of like well yeah that doesn't totally make sense yeah and and they stopped short of i thought the ken battle scene was the funniest shit loved it loved it just so many good send-ups of like all these important man movies like saving private ryan and braveheart like and even like space odyssey i love the beginning or 2001 i i thought it was such a funny way to start the movie yes so good but the thing is they stopped short of having like a gender war of boys versus girls i guess they didn't want to do that so that's why they had to make all the barbies automatically subservient i don't know i thought they were safe i thought one of the things about this that was very glaring to me was that I think in a lot of the ways that maybe the plot or the script fell short was because they want to leave room for sequels so like I thought about the gender war thing too and I thought oh maybe it's more about maybe that's something that's going to be explored in a in a sequel of some kind because that was a piece to me that was annoying because it I mean I guess to me it was like okay welcome back to Barbie land where the Barbie's real and it's girls night all the nights But then it's like, okay, but that doesn't really work for like, it doesn't really translate to the real world. Like at the end of the day, like we're all in everyone land. And so like, what does it look like for Barbie land and a kingdom to actually like not only coexist, but merge. And I think that's where it felt like I I didn't, I mean, I I do love the idea of Barbie land being Barbie land and safe spaces for women being, you know, whatever. But like, I don't know. I just felt a little bit like Kens were second class citizens. Right. I I thought that was really weird to end it with. And then I think they were trying to justify it by being like, you can like become a Kendom and you you can have a Kendom in your own right. Like if and when you do the work of actually discovering who you are. And it was like an invitation for men to like go to therapy and do some work. But I, I didn't love that at the end of the day, it just turned into like, now we're better than you again. Cause it's like, it doesn't really, I don't think that's feminist either. Like, I don't think that really helps any cause yeah. other than to like restore Barbie land to what it was like meant to be. I thought what they were going to do was because uh, we have to keep in mind the biggest issue of all, which is that this is. A- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The end of the day, a hundred million dollar commercial. This is yeah. a this is funded by Mattel. This is a corporate, a corporate function. Like it's not really yes. art. There are artistic elements to it, but it is. Corporate. Well, but I think that I don't agree with I thought it was total art, but I thought it was an interesting kind of like I'm saying that we didn't have between Barbie and Ken. I thought this was an interesting marriage between because well, I think it is that's an not, artistic piece. Yeah, it says it's as artistic as a commercial can be. Yes. So there yes. are different arguments you can make on either side of that. Right. But, Apologies. But, my background when I did have a day job was literally in commercial production. So right. I, so, I value the art of commercial. Right. So everyone is going to think differently on that. But my point is because it's so corporate, I thought, oh, they're going to create a line of Ken's that appeals to boys and all other kids like that has more of a personality and has has jobs. And that's how it's going to end. It's going to end. Now the Ken's can have their own jobs as well, you know, and like we're also going to surprise. Now you can buy twice as many dolls because can buy Ken's in addition to girls buying Barbies. Like I thought for sure that was how, where it was going to go. And I mm-hmm. won't be surprised. Like you said, I think you're right. They are leaving it open for a sequel because you do end the movie with the question of like, where is the dust settling on gender relations in Barbie land? Because right. yeah, if, if we just, if our utopia is just women being in charge, we're just as bad as the men. And well, that's exactly what I thought. Right. Also, yeah, like why do the why do the Kens have to do quote do the work and figure out who they are? The Barbies have preordained jobs and identities and thoughts. So why is it that the Kens have to kind of go the extra mile? I don't know. Right. It it's just, like actually just like, why don't you just design some Kens with tools and jobs? Yeah, like it just it just the ending just sort of fell apart for me a little bit, even though well, like I think I said, because I, I think because they're they're dancing between exactly what your your criticism is, which is like they're dancing between this idea that like Barbie land exists in a world and of itself and they have agency versus everybody is a product of their owner in the real world. And those two ideas don't really there. It, it's two totally opposite um, realities to suspend our disbelief into and they are contradictory yeah 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 which is fine i mean it's a movie about dolls so right but i did i thought in general it was i was i mean i i thought the sets were incredible i thought the costumes were wonderful i thought the humor was totally on point i thought the i thought they i laughed when they meant me to laugh i cried when they meant me to cry i left feeling so much i did leave feeling extremely seen as a woman which i didn't expect to i thought america ferrara's um monologue was fucking fabulous we're going to see that in auditions for theater schools forevermore i thought it was beautiful do you know that they didn't do any sort of like cgi or animation they actually painted that was actually a sound wow. they painted they painted the whole thing and so that was a real sun and moon like as if it was a theater production that's why i was like oh this they, and they already have the sets I'm like this is going to broadway like they the sets are built they did it all in they it was all videoing actual sets which i think is really cool 
Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it too. I I did I probably was expecting and I'm being hypercritical and was expecting too much, but I found America Ferrara's monologue to be very like women's studies 101, which what else would it be? It's well, again, that's, but, ex- but, and I also think but sometimes I, we forget the basics. We forget women's study 101. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I didn't like little women that much. Right. I, I liked Barbie a lot more. Little I women liked Barbie me, more than little women for sure. Yeah. Like little women to me was just like that. The monologue in little women that everyone loves. I was like, huh? And dude, women I fucking are hope- just people. And no. we, like things i'm like what is this this is this doesn't speak it doesn't really speak to me the whole movie like i loved it i loved it it's just the ending fell apart for me a little bit and i was just kind of was like it feels like a couple different things were going on and we didn't really land the plane well i agree with you too that i thought it was an awful thing to end it with and made no sense and was not true with ruth handler being like mothers stay still so that you can See yes, how far okay. come. I'm like, eh, wrong. Yeah, that was wrong. So weird. I was like, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? Hold on one sec. I will stay here so that you can see how far you've come since you left. Is that funny? Sorry, I was just figuring out dinner. Um, yeah, I posted this on uh, Instagram because it's going on Twitter. There's a bunch of people reposting it. The quote is. Mothers stand still so that their daughters can look back and see how far they've come. Makes no sense. Disagree. It makes no sense from like a physics standpoint, just in terms of where you have to, you, you can be in motion and see where you've come from. And well, it's also coming from the, it's, it's literally the scene that, that came right before was America Ferrara being like, Barbie, the only constant is change. Right. And I just don't think mothers stand still. Mother just drove into Barbie world to save the dolls. Right. And it, I I think, I don't know. Mothers I guess, don't stand still and they couldn't if they tried. Yeah. I guess maybe it was, I was thinking, okay, what are they trying to say here? I think they're trying to say, like, as a woman, when you become a mother, you do have to give up some of your own personal agency and autonomy and maybe your career goals, things like that, because you truly, it is very, very hard to do both at the same time, to be like a good mom and have the exact same career trajectory that you had when you were a single woman with no children, which is true. But I don't think that means you're standing still. It's not standing still. When you choose to become a mother, that's part of what you're choosing to do with your trajectory. That's a totally, that's a trajectory in and of itself. Yes, it's a, you're developing as a human. A human. It just seems like such a dim view of motherhood and femininity. And it's really weird because it also didn't seem to have much to do with any other part of the movie. The whole the whole monologue where they were talking about like the mother stuff just came out of nowhere. And that was one of the things I was thinking while I was watching the movie. I was like, I want to know more about Sasha and her mom and their backstory and what their relationship has been like up to this point. Like that would have been not as funny as the Ken stuff, but it would have been a good, compelling, like emotional string to have going through it instead of they were they were kind of side characters. Well, I didn't mind that as much because I thought they sort of I thought they were they were side characters. I thought they were sort of meant to be playing like the every mom and the every daughter. I actually didn't even mind the whole mother daughter 
stuff at the end because I thought one, even if it's painful and uncomfortable, we're so lucky to be humans having this human experience. And that at the end of the day, no matter what, like we come from mothers and we, there is this lineage that we all are connected to that, that is deeper than just our own experience. But the thing that really bothered me is that it's Ruth Handler saying like women stand still. So their daughters, Ruth, you invented a Barbie. What did your daughter do? Right. And you were like one of the You're an iconic su- inventor in the 50s. Right. You are still still successful women. And Greta Gerwig, she just had her second baby before the press cycle for this started. I'm like, bitch, you're moving. You're not standing still. Couldn't be left still. About? Right. Like, it's, yeah, it didn't make any sense. But a lot of people sense. are eating it up and loving it. And it's just, I don't know. I guess this is my problem sometimes. And I'm going to sound like a hater and people are going to get mad. But I feel like sometimes Greta Gerwig's writing, people take it as being really profound and it kind of feels like an Instagram inspirational quote for me. Yeah, like, well, I'll say this. I have a lot of respect for Greta Gerwig. Yes. And she makes me weep (laughs) every time. And no matter, Lady Bird, I hope I never see again. I I, That was the saddest, most upsetting. I've never, I can't even think about it. Lady Bird, I can't. Oh my God, it's like, I can't even talk about it. But- so I think she's a, and and actually Noah Baumbach, it, it's so funny to me that they're a couple because when I realized that not only were they like partners in this movie, I'm like, oh, they're married, of course. Squid and the Whale, did you ever see the Noah Baumbach movies? Oh my God, tear motherfucking jerk. I only these two saw Francis Ha. I hate oh, Francis Ha. These two are such indie darlings that really love to cry about family, okay? But it's like, I guess- So I respect Greta. I respect her filmmaking. I respect her storytelling. I respect all of it. But I agree with you in that, like, I don't think, I think that there's a difference between being a a film student, like film students and (laughs) filmmaking is a craft. Yeah. Whereas, like, just because you're a great filmmaker, which I think she is, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're, like, deep. Like, I thought that the deepest part of this film were all of the different sort of Easter egg. Like this movie was made for <clears throat> film students. Like there were so many references. Yeah. That you really have to be in the film student know to get. And I loved that about it. But it doesn't mean that it's like deep. It means that she loves film. And this is in a way a film about her filmmaking and her ability to incorporate all of these references and sort of I mean that's the thing though the the underlying theme I do think is like recycling from the past and taking I mean the disc there's a disco element there's like like taking things from the past and reusing them and modernizing them so that was like a through line that I appreciated but that's not that deep it's just functional yeah and it bothered me that we really didn't interrogate the Barbie beauty standards at all it was just well that's all she says at the end she like that's like they tried to use that scene at the end to be like actually it's deep and your mother stands still so that you do not have to and it's like right that makes no sense and then she's like Barbie was never meant to look like a real woman it's like okay but for the record Bar Margot Robbie does look like that so it's like right and you cast everyone you cast looks like like that that. besides the one token different type of body that you threw right in, you know like right. so it's just I don't know but also we can't hope for that because it is a summer blockbuster that's again sponsored by Mattel so they weren't gonna they weren't gonna do that it's just I don't know I just kind of if you're gonna throw in if you're gonna throw in the 
very, very unsubtle feminist overtones. Let's let's go all the way, you know, like all I could think was like because that the sort of thing at the end was America Ferrara pitching like everyday Barbie. I thought they're going to kind of spin the Barbie product into like more of a build a bear type of thing and that we're going to be able to like like the way that my avatar on Instagram looks just like me mm. like my Barbie could look just like I think that that could be like in terms of business the where they go with I, I think it's so embarrassing I did not know that they created Barbie cellulite cream they should be ashamed but like it's not I don't mar- think- it's marketed as like smoothing body. it's fucked up either way and I yeah. don't think that yeah. has anything to do with Greta or the production but I think well, it's the production. It is the production. Well, but it's it's the it's the Mattel. I don't think Greta's getting kickbacks for Barbie smoothing cream. Well, it depends on her contract, actually. I didn't True. think that. But now and that actually, you mentioned Margo, it. Margo was the executive. Margo paid for this. This was Margo's when it kept falling. Well, I think Mattel through. paid for Mattel paid for it. Yeah, but Margo had to sell this to Mattel. They had tried to do it a few. So I, I researched and could be wrong because I also thought women didn't start voting till the 70s. So like, I really don't even know. But I read that this movie started to take shape in 2009. Then it was scrapped. It came back in mm-hmm. 2015. Then it was scrapped. It came back in 2019. It was shifted to Margot taking the lead, pitching it to Mattel, pitching it to Greta. So Mar- for, so this iteration of Barbie was Margot going into meetings and, yeah. and making it happen. I do think that things work out because Margot is the perfect person. For, like, I totally see where she was like, wait, 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 I'll do Barbie. It's like, she's yeah. fucking Barbie. So I, and I think that's cool. But I do get the sense that she's, a huge owner of this production more than Greta and obviously not more than Mattel, but as much, I think she's the, the creative backing from the artist side of this. Well, I don't think, I think Greta's still like the auteur, but Margot got all the pieces together. My Margot hired her. Yeah. Yeah. But it still is very much a Greta. Oh, of course. But that's what I'm saying. But in terms of like the business element, Greta's hired Margot's hiring. Yeah. 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 But I still think Mattel fronted all the money. And I think Greta probably had complete free reign. Oh, I'm sure. She wanted. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. And it was supposed to have Amy Schumer originally, which I'm sure would have been a completely different movie that would have completely focused on beauty standards. Right. Well, first it was Schumer. Then it was Anne Hathaway. Fun fact. Oh, I could actually see her being really funny at that. Absolutely. I'm a huge Hathaway stan. You're a half a, a half a head? I'm a half head, man. Wow. Yeah, she could have been funny with it. I that was my one like big it, biggest issue with the script is just I don't think Margot got to do enough. She was crying all the time. I was like, how is this girl power? She's crying every Well, scene. no, I yeah. I love that. I actually thought it was girl power because and I thought it was really I thought it was quite eloquent the way that she described like this is uncomfortable, but actually feels good. I, I thought it was I thought it was making a case for the power of crying in a lot of ways and the power of like just allowing your feelings to to move through you. I think the other issue with yeah. human beings, aside from sexual repression, is emotional repression. You love I can I, I love tell you crying something? and I love coming and crying. What can I say? Can Did I you tell see? you something? 
I think that's very Cancerian of you. Can I tell you something really funny? So I had a bad doctor's appointment on Friday. The midwife told me I was gaining too much weight and this sent me into a tailspin. I've cried every day since then, but I'm Aww. better now because I talked to, I mean, not to get too much into the specifics. Basically, she was kind of like, if you gain more than seven pounds for the next six weeks, you can't, you might not be able to have a birth on the midwife led unit. You'll have to be in the doctor unit, like laying on a bed, you know? And I'm like, you could get too fat during pregnancy. That is like fucked up. It's insane because I've gained 30 pounds and I'm in my, I'm in, but isn't that appropriate? I mean, I don't think you're like, right. And you're not like eating donuts. I mean, what about the women who are saying they're like, I just ate another pint of ice cream. You know, it's like, I feel like that just doesn't make sense to me. It's really crazy. And it's put me in this. And she's like, don't go on a diet. Just don't gain more than seven pounds. And I'm like, huh? What do you mean? I'm in my third trimester. How am I supposed to not gain more than seven pounds and not go on a diet to make that slow down? It's so the the advice makes no sense. So I've been crying for days because I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I'm like, yeah, I want to have my third trimester. I want to like I don't eat junk food. I literally eat so healthy. I've just been eating what my body tells me to eat. I'm not overeating or overdoing it whatsoever. My body just wants to put on this much weight and it's 30 fucking pounds. It's completely normal. And so I got to scan. The baby is normal sized. I don't have excess fluid. Everything is, I don't have gestational diabetes. I don't have anything wrong with me or this pregnancy. You knew that midwifery was just for the fucking the gaunt, like midwifery I know. only for the, the thin, the thin pregnant women. It's like, Right. I'm just like, there's no way that I am not smaller than the average pregnant person, in, right. in, even in the UK. Like, or even I will, if it's not smaller or bigger, you're not you're not unhealthy. Like there's right. nothing wrong with your with your body right now. Yeah. So I've been freaking out because I'm like, do I watch what I'm eating so that I don't gain this weight or do I eat what my body tells me to eat so that I get all the nutrients that my body is telling me to get, but then I might have to sacrifice like the birth that I wanted to have and possibly have more interventions and possibly have a worse outcome in the birth. Like I'm between a rock and a hard place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so I, and totally. I don't know what to do. And even though I talked to the lady again, the midwife, she still isn't, hasn't given me any helpful information whatsoever. So I'm already crying all the time when I go in to see this movie. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Every time Barbie started crying, I thought about sitting in the doctor's office, in the midwife's office and trying not to cry. And I started crying. Dude, so I, I cried was... the entire fucking movie. I couldn't yes. believe it. I wept the whole time. Yes. And then the ending part where she's talking to Ruth and they show all these clips of like moms and girls playing together. All brunettes, I might add. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. There were no blonde Barbie-ish moms and daughters. Yeah, that's weird. So, like, I I was sobbing at that point, and I was trying so hard to hold it in because it was really quiet in the theater. And I was literally, like, and, like, Nick looked over. I I was, like, I was heaving. I was heaving. Yeah, Nick saw me, and I saw Nick, and then I just couldn't stop laughing. So I was laughing and sobbing at the same time. I was making so much noise and trying so hard to hold it in because I was like so emotional, so hormonal. The And I don't even know 
what the fuck they were talking about in that part of the movie. It was just making me cry because it felt deep. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. That's like it's like Greta's filmmaking is so effective. Yeah. Even if it doesn't actually like intellectually track. Right. Like it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. No, but, it, but, but it, it's really good in terms of it. It moved us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when I was walking out after I calmed down a little bit, I was like from my laugh sob. I was like, wait, but what was the point? What like what was the point of the whole mom thing? There was not a mom. There were not a lot of mom story beats in the whole film. It was like, yes, there was a mom and daughter who come in to help Barbie save the day. But like it just what it was not. a It was not top of mind until that last monologue. Well, I, they they really did try to like shoo it in, like because it was like I actually made this for my daughter, who you've never heard of. She's actually standing still, Ruth. I hate, but, but she's no Ruth. She's no Ruth Handler. She's just Barbie Handler. Was named for the dolls, but it's like or named the dolls are named for her. But it's like it's like I agree completely. I mean, I guess that the but I was wondering if I missed something because I was having a full on emotional breakdown. Well, no, no. Because my breakdown really started. I mean, I was weepy. I mean, you know, if I see musical on screen, even the disco had me disco had me crying. But um, when <laughs> when that the moment of realization that like the memories are the moms, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is so heavy. Like, oh, my God, it's not the little girl that's playing with me. It's the mom remembering and longing for a time where she connected with her child and now all she has is this measly blonde Barbie to connect with and I felt that it was sort of about the loneliness of mothers and I could cr start crying right now like the loneliness of mothers and the sort of how painful the disconnect between generations is but that also it's natural and that ultimately we're all kind of part of this larger chain of women doing their best in a world that is not kind to us but yeah I mean there wasn't really I mean th that's the thing I guess like so they ended it with like the big punchline is like she went to the gynecologist and why would she pick the real world I think similar to our initial conversation like Jessel she just discovering her clitoris and is like oh shit you know so I, I like to think that her vagina was actually a, a, a pleasure center and Barbie now knew what it was to come and and so she crying and coming again Maybe she's a cancer. Okay. But to be really serious, why would she have picked the real? Why did she pick the real world? I don't she know. I guess have a clitoris. She's smooth. No, no, that's the thing. When they turned her into a Ruth, was like, "Are you sure, sure?" And she was like, "I'm sure." And then she came down to earth. She got her Birkenstock. She got her clitoris, and she went to the GYN. So I don't know. I just. Okay. If I were America Ferrara, I thought they should have done a follow-up where America Ferrara is now living in the Barbie dream house. And she's like, fuck these feelings. Yes. <laughs> like, that's that what I was missing. Is more realistic. Yeah, like, get to pick, choose, fine. You why am I answering phones for some guy? Why am I getting a speculum inserted of my hoo-ha? Like, give me smooth body, smooth brain. That is what I want in life. Like, oh. that would... And that was the thing with Don't Worry Darling also. It was yeah. like she was 
actually so happy until she started realizing what was going on. I would be like, okay, let me just stick my head back in the sand. I don't want to be a fucking surgeon and live in that ugly apartment. No, Harry Styles, come home and eat my pussy for hours every night. We can video it. And that's great. (laughs) I'll sit at the pool. That's like like dream lifestyle for me, actually. I feel like this is where these movies are kind of falling short is they're not really making the case for why the utopia is bad. Why, why am I supposed to think that? I don't know. Cause okay. I guess the point of the movie is like, okay, Barbie is not supposed to be realistic. Barbie is supposed to be an ideal. Barbie is supposed to be like, you wouldn't, if you were a Barbie, you wouldn't be a human because humans have complicated feelings, complicated lives. But so then, okay, now what? Well, that's the thing, too. Like, they didn't do enough real world, I think, aftercare. Like, like, yeah, was America Ferrara still working at that bullshit job? Barbie is now at the gynecologist. Great. And then, like, yeah, like, there, there, there's no call to action other than for the Ken dolls to find themselves. That's, like, the only actual call to action right. by the end. And so it's, and it's sort of like, yeah, but didn't, like, this whole thing start because they don't have agency until they have like a really depressed owner. And that's my other question. Has there never been another person playing with Barbie with feelings of existential crisis or depression or humanity? Like America Ferrar is the only depressed person with the Barbie. Right. Yeah. So like there were pieces missing. Well, but I, think I thought she went to weird Barbie's house. Weren't they all people? Oh, with right. They were owners? like discarded Barbies. Yeah. But and I thought all... weird Barbie. I thought the concept of weird Barbie and Kate McKinnon. I thought that was so fucking funny. So good. Like, yeah. And, and like, like, and I smell like basement. It's like, wow, they were really I, I thought what credit I thought what this film did really well is that it took itself dead fucking seriously. And I thought that was so fucking funny. Yeah, that was really, really a good uh little thing that went through it Kate McKinnon was really funny but yeah I really really liked it I definitely think I will watch it again when it comes out on streaming I would like to as well yeah I'm, I, it's it's one of the first it is the first Greta Gerwig film that I'm like okay I'll see it again <laughs> yeah me too me too me I'm too. like burn Lady Bird to the ground little women I slept through this yeah I'd like to see it again yeah and the really ironic thing, though, is that, like, of course, this would be the only one where there was actually a <clears throat> collaboration with her Ken. Like, Greta on her own, I hate her movies. Greta with her husband, I like the movie. No, but I hate Francis Ha, too. And that was a collaboration between the two I, of them. Oh, it was. Yeah, but and she, I hated his divorce movie. I don't like I hated his. I hate his movies. I yeah. hated Squid in the Whale. That it. I feel like people that want to just, like, hang in the balance of, like, families being ripped apart can go fuck themselves. I don't want to see a movie like that is like too painful for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, it's like. Like- I can watch all the murder and the addiction and the dark shit when you I, I, this is the cancer Capricorn. Truly, when you want to fucking wrestle with like, should the family stay together or not? I, I, I'm like, why would we do this? Yeah, why the family should stay together. The family should stay together. And like and also like and get the- over yourself, Adam Driver. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I can't. I hate I hate like unnecessarily yeah again though it's like low stakes high stakes it's like to make like I just like family is high stakes but it's also like not like life or death it's like make it low stakes yeah 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 yeah. 
I don't I just don't like um mumblecore. That's what they called his yeah. I don't yeah. like it. Stand yeah. up straight. Speak up. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're both right. Like they're I mean, I, but I do see them. I think as a couple, they do. They fit like a glove. These two. I guess so. Noah and I, Greta. Like, I'm like, wow, you did find each other for sure. Yeah. 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 I also love Barbies. I loved playing with Barbies when I was little, and I don't think they're bad for little girls. I just think the beauty standard conversation is an interesting one. And it is weird and unfortunate that the movie didn't really wade into it at all. I definitely never owned a Barbie or you I don't even think played with a Barbie in my what? life. Never. What? I mean, that's why they make that one joke. There's no Jewish Barbies. That's why they that's why they had that one token Jewish joke. I and mean, I have Jewish friends because there's Wait. no Jewish Barbies. Are you sure Ruth Handler's not Jewish? No, I think if anything, Bar- she would be the only Jew. But like, but if her she- fantasy of a shiksa, that's what Barbie is. But it's like, no, like Barbie's not. Yeah, Jewish. Ruth Handler is Jewish. Her daughter How funny. is Jewish. How funny so, that they're Jewish. I love that. But the Barbie, Barbie is Barbie is Jewish. Barbie's a shiksa. No, Bar- that she's saying Barbie's not real. Barbie's a fantasy. Barbie's made by Jewish women to like forget themselves. Okay, that's interesting. Then Why escape, do you say that? Because no Jewish woman looks like that. That's yeah, not what Jews look like. Some Israeli Jewish, a lot of, there's a lot of like, I don't know. Not really. To be a, a, a fair-skinned, tall, buxom blonde with no hips, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but no, no shiksa women look like that. Right, but like. No one looks like that. Barbie it's a, just, I feel like I didn't, I, I feel like as a Jewish girl, the only people that had Barbies that I knew were like the the run of the mill Presbyterians. I mean, I don't know what their denomination was, but like, no, I, I don't know any Jews that played with Barbie. And actually, let us know. Are you a Jew that played with Barbie? Yeah, we this is such a more interesting conversation than even what we were already talking because otherwise, about. Why would they otherwise? Why did they make that joke? What was know, the joke? Friend. Will Farrell was like talking about how like all the company is made of women and he has a Jewish friend. And I was like, huh? Um, I don't remember that. It was like in the boardroom scene when Bobby's like, wait, no women work here. And he was like, I have a woman friend. We've had two women CEOs and I know a Jewish person. It was like you know like what's that. kind of funny? Um, there are like women on the board of of Mattel. I mean, I will say that was one of the things that bothered me. I didn't really get the Mattel, the characterization of the Mattel robots. Like I didn't, I didn't fully get what they were trying to, they were just trying to say that they're just like robots that are interested in money and it's all meant. I I didn't get the Mattel piece actually. Yeah. It didn't really add much even when, and that was another thing where it's like, okay, are they going to battle the Mattel guys? No. Right. It's like the Mattel guys guys were as stupid as Ken. And maybe that was the, point i mean i don't really know yeah they just showed up to the barbie land and then they were kind of superfluous while they were there yeah i could have i could have done without it it could have been 90 minutes and we could have just cut mattel yeah yeah that's so true why was it two hours with mattel yeah and i didn't think and i I mean i'm not the biggest will ferrell fan but i didn't think he was particularly funny i didn't think i yeah I, i didn't that that whole thing, the whole Mattel Corporation could have just been cut from the entire plot. And I would have I think I would have preferred it. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to keep it because that's how I got Nick to come to the movie with me was 
showing him the trailer that Will Ferrell is in it. So, oh, so there we go. That is literally probably why they they were like, oh, it's a Will Ferrell comedy. Okay, we'll get the boys will come. Yeah, exactly. It the movie was Elf. It really was. And wow. I've been saying that from the beginning. Yeah, that's it's true. Elf, actually, Elf huh? for Hot Girls. That's right. And like, I don't know. I guess I don't. I have such complicated feelings on this because. Yeah, I wrote it down I, even in the theater. I even wrote it down, Mall. I took out my notebook and I wrote, some of my best friends are Jewish, question mark, Will Ferrell. Yeah, really weird. Random. Really weird. But I, just to bring up the beauty standard thing again, it also struck me when I was listening to the soundtrack, which I really like. There's I thought so the soundtrack many, was fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of lines in the soundtrack talking about how pretty they are, how pretty the singer or rapper is, how pretty the Barbies are. And it's just is so different from my boomer upbringing being raised by boomers obviously i'm not a boomer but i think because of that stuff i was saying in the beginning about all these things in the 70s where women would literally lose their jobs for not being pretty enough like i think our mom's generation was so against seeing pretty as a positive they were well, so no my mom my mom's been riding on it her whole life really oh my she, god did she not so like when i was little my mom would be like always just you know your looks don't matter don't worry about it blah 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 whereas I'm like an extremely vain person so no, my mother gives... wishes that I was more vain that's actually part of why we got in a fight before the Barbie movie and then she wouldn't even hug me after and I was like you're a monster why um, because she's like couldn't believe the way that it was my birthday and yeah we all had this like all these electric issues so there's been like electricians in in my house I also was away all last week so like my room's a little messy and she like, I, I don't know. She went downstairs to let the electricians in for something and I wasn't home. And when I came home, she was like being kind of rude to me. And she's like, basically like it came out sideways. Like, are you brain damaged? And I was like, what? Well, That's what she said. And then she's like, the way you treat your clothing, the way you treat your stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm not fighting with you. It's my birthday weekend. Like I'm going out by myself and I'm going to have a nice day. So I went out. She then is like, what are you doing? Like, are you seeing the Barbie movie? I'm like, yeah. She's like, can I meet you? I'm like, okay. So she and Joanne came and met me. Then when I realized it was like a musical, I was like, yo, I have edibles. You guys want to like split an edible? And so I gave one to Joanne. I had, I split an edible with Joanne. My mother was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? In the theater, she's yelling at me. What the fuck's wrong with you? Why do you have to be high all day? Mind you, in a different mood, Gemini moon shit. Like they change on the dime. In another mood on another day, my mother would have supplied the edibles for the Barbie movie. Yeah. So it's like, what all of a sudden? And so the whole movie, she was being like, like she was sitting like this, like away from me. And then after the movie, I was like, mom, I was like, what did you think? I was like, mom. And she's like, I, she literally said to me, I didn't even watch. I didn't, I don't know if I liked it. I, I, my eyes were closed the whole time. That's what she said. I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I was like, you really want to be mean to me right now? I'm like, because I ate an edible and my room was messy. You called me brain On your damage. birthday? On my birthday. And then, and then she, and then I went to hug her. I was like, mom. And I was like, maybe she's right. I'm like, I'm like, I went to hug her. I was like, mom, after this whole mother daughter sequence where I'm weeping, I'm like, I went to give her head. She goes, I don't need your love, Sarah. <laughs> And then I was like, what the fuck? And then it's like in front of people. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm like, you are really fucked up. And so then I left and I ignored her for the rest of the day. And then I get barrages of messages like, I'm sorry, I just froze. <laughs> like, whatever. What? Like, it's like, you're fucking mean. You're fucking mean, dude. I'm sorry. You know, thank you. I received that. And she apparently is sorry, too. But it's just like, you know, she's... Changes Gemini Moon. You know what's funny? I was thinking about that because it's like my mom's chart is like very similar to, um, well, Donald also Trump. Harry Styles. No, not even Donald Trump. No, um, Brynn from Real Housewives, Aquarius oh. Sun Gemini Moon. 
So it's like, yeah, you're just saying shit. Yeah. 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 Just, you're just, just saying shit. Like you're having a feeling about something totally unrelated. You're taking it out on me. And then because you're like actually low key, not that sensitive, you could just be like, I didn't mean that. And it's like, no, dude, you fucking are, like came at me. You came after me because you're having a bad day. Yeah. You can't at just mother daughter movie. Yeah. You can't just say stuff and then be like, I didn't mean it on my birthday at the mother daughter movie. I was sitting there weeping next to her the whole time. And she wouldn't hug me afterwards. I was like, you should be ashamed. I said, I said, you should be ashamed. I said, you're going to really regret. I said, you're going to really regret this. She said, don't tell me about myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't really want kids. I'm like, I have my mother. I'm like, you're having a temper tantrum. I'm like, what are you 12? Like behavior of like a six year old. Like I don't like ice cream. It's like, okay. Yeah. Damn. So she so she didn't even have any thoughts about the movie whatsoever. She told me she held, held her eyes closed the whole time. Can you believe that? I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Later, she said it was fine. It was just too pink for me. Mind you, I was sitting next to her and she was laughing the whole time. So it's like she has no she has she's just a fucking Gemini moon fucking flighty. Yeah, bitch. yeah, yeah. That's the well, too pink is what my mom would have said. Like, I, I guarantee you, my mom will not no, too pink. Yeah, my mom won't see this movie because they are boomers. They're boomer pilled. And I it annoys me because I'm like, it's okay that I want to be pretty. It's okay that I want to get, you know, Botox and get my lips done at, at the times when I'm not pregnant. Like that is okay. Why right. are you judging me for it? But then when I go back and remember what things were like for them in the sixties and seventies, how their appearance was used against them as a cudgel to keep them down. I'm like, okay, I, actually completely understand why you're not down to enjoy the feel good isn't it fun to be six feet tall with big boobs and blonde barbie movie See, it's funny though, my mom's coming from the exact opposite perspective because she's sort of like an idiot savant in a way where it's like my mother relied on her beauty for everything and she thinks that like she no, she would rather that i was like dressed to the nines every day sitting at hotel bars looking for a husband than actually just being casual and like not needing no my mother my mother's begging me to get botox my mother's begging me to like try mm-hmm. but at the same time every time she sees me she's, oh the most beautiful woman in the world as a little girl i would walk down the <laughs> stairs and she'd be like oh my god oh my god i need to sit down because you're a beauty and i'd be like what like <laughs> because she yeah. looks exactly like you <laughs> literally like and then and then like one time when i was like i think i want to know like never change your nose don't change your nose. I'm like, the. I said, I said I'm the ghost of nose jobs past. I'm like what she could have looked like if she didn't change her nose. And it's like, whatever. See, I wanted a nose job, but it was like, that's so vain. How dare you? You need every to woman in my mother's yourself. family, my mother and all of her sister's nose jobs. Yeah, it, it was like for me, like anything you're insecure about, you just need to get over it because looks aren't everything. No, and my mother's like, like if, if you don't look pretty, you're and if never you do going benefit- to get married. <laughs> Yeah. And mine was like, if you do benefit from your looks, you are a sex traitor. Like you're a traitor against women and you're you're playing for the enemy. So like I that's why I have such complicated feelings about like Barbie and this movie and the whole beauty standard thing, because I also am like down to uphold the beauty standards because I like them. I think they're cute. But yeah. And well, and I think for me, it's it's same but opposite, which is like, I don't care one way or the other. And I think part of my even rebellion is being like because even growing up I was sort of a tomboy and I'm I'm actually not that vain in like typical ways like I don't really and it's funny too because my mom's actually going the other way with it which is like you must look better than you do in order to get anywhere in this life and I'm like I don't know if that's true like I think I have a 
good brain and a good personality and like I don't care about like stash it like I don't know like I and I don't think I, I think the point and I do think they sort of try to make it in the movie which is like it doesn't matter either way that like whatever makes you feel comfortable in this uncomfortable human experience is but fine they didn't, they didn't make that point well they didn't really actually no I mean yeah, they no, did, not they at actually all. no it was actually like cellulite is still the enemy at the end of the movie no matter what Right, exactly. Like the end of the movie, the Barbies still are all perfect looking. Like, it's- right. I do wish that they had also like. It is interesting to me that cellulite was like the theme because it's like the reality is cellulite is like the most normal, unavoidable truth of being a human. Like, I hated that there was no. I thought there should have been a follow up with that, which is like. Because it's like America Ferrara's big fear is cellulite. It's like, sorry, sis, it's happening no matter what cream you buy. Like, it's what it is. I thought maybe there could have been a little bit more like actual human acceptance. But I guess maybe the gynecologist was going to shape Barbie up and let her know that now from here on out, it was all downhill. I'm not sure. But like, you know, it did seem a little odd to me. that Yeah, that's true. Actually, in this movie, the beauty standard remains. Yeah, the beauty standard remains. And now Barbie is going into the real world looking like Barbie. So she is still not going to learn what it's like to be a normal human and a normal woman in the world because she is exceptional looking and she adheres to every beauty standard. So it's like, right. It's like Sasha. You thought you hated Barbie before you thought she, you hated Barbie, the doll. Wait till you actually have her, you know, at the social events with you, you're really going to fucking hate her then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. It just, not that it needed to undo anything. It's just, it doesn't, it, it, it's just, a, it's, it was a very surface level yeah. examination of like the gender roles and beauty standards and things like that, which is fine because it's a blockbuster movie, but to yeah. use the word patriarchy that many times in your movie, I'm going to need it to be a little more incisive. Although I did, I did think that it was a very funny way to highlight how ridiculous it is that men do like rule everything like i thought i thought that that oh the yeah that was great of, and, and actually that's film students i think what we're picking up on is how much more comfortable it is for greta and all of us to examine the problems with this but we don't have solutions we don't have answers for the feminine perspective like yeah like it's really easy to say this is what's wrong with the male dominated society but we don't know what it would even look like to have Barbie land, not only be Barbie land, but be integrated. I, I wish it had integrated at the end. It's like, at the end of the day, Barbie land is no worse than Kendom. It's, it's, it's totally separate. Yeah. It's the same thing in reverse. Well, I think that they did make a promise at the end. Like we're going to acknowledge the Kens a little more. And they, like, I think that they were, they did end up coming to like at the end of elf, Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel, they live in, the elf they live at the north pole and they know that they're humans and they have a human baby and they seamlessly go between the north pole and new york what a fun play on the idea of snowbirds yeah yeah that's how they synthesize the two worlds at the end of elf and at the end of don't worry darling how do they synthesize the two worlds she smashes the fake one and goes to the old one and then this one like you identified a problem with Barbie land, which is that, yeah, it actually isn't fair for the Kens to just be accessories. And they didn't fully synthesize it at the end. They kind of said, yeah, you're right. Like you can find yourselves and you can have jobs too, but they didn't show us how that's going to happen. And I think you're right. Maybe it is to leave room for a sequel. Maybe it is to leave room for a new toy line, but I don't know. Yeah. That was just what 
kind of I just it wasn't satisfying. The ending wasn't satisfying in that way. And then maybe that's why they did throw in the much more satisfying, but still out of left field mother Ruth Handler yeah. thing. Yeah. Because they were like, we're not going to solve this gender issue. So let's yes. just do tearjerker mom stuff. I literally think that's exactly what it is. Maybe part of it could have been Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach saying, look, the real world is a patriarchy. So the Barbie world can be a matriarchy. Let Barbie world be Barbie world. And the GI Joes can have their own movie. Yeah. So maybe that was the point, but it still is like, okay, well then, but then how do we reconcile this doll and everything she stands for? That's the question that I wanted answered. I liked the whole Ken is me, like offering, like inviting Ken to go like find himself. But the other part of me was like, actually in Barbie land, like maybe it's okay for them to just be there to support the Barbies. Yeah. Maybe Ken should just be there to be accessories because real world, which is still a patriarchy, oftentimes we are too. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I you was know, yeah. like I don't want I don't want a Kendom and there's tons of, of dolls and toys for men. We don't need Ken to like if anything, they should have made all the Kens gay with the earrings and the furs and stuff. It's like I just feel like the I don't need more. I don't need Ken to find himself. Although I do think it's a good invitation for any little boys watching to explore themselves. But I think we don't need, I don't, if if Barbie's going to go back to Barbie land, then I don't need the Kens to be any different either. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think we've covered everything. If you want to know about the astrology, not only of the release of this film, because it is super pertinent, but also of the filmmakers and the stars, Join us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash space trash podcast. Let us know what you thought of the film and come join us in an exploration of this very Venus retrograde nodal shift astrology of the Barbenheimer weekend. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because we're also going to talk about Ariana Grande and SpongeBob at some point. We need the next time some news drops about that. I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to work with Dalton, but SpongeBob? Yeah, and it's not cool to break up someone's family. Sorry. They're both married. Yeah, it's not. I mean, she doesn't have any kids, so whatever. No harm, no foul. It sucks for her husband. But I mean, when there's like a family involved, it's like, come on, don't A newborn. Yeah, that's so bad. So fucking whack. I really hope the wife gets all that SpongeBob money. Oh, for sure. Square pants for days over there. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Um, and wait, what was the other thing I was going to say, though? Oh, leave a review. <laughs> yeah, that. leave a review. Just leave fucking review. do that, dudes. But yeah, join the Patreon for for more Barbie astrology. Oh, also, we got to see Oppenheimer in disgust. Did you see it yet? I was supposed to see it on Sunday, and I literally was crying too much all day. Oh, I couldn't go. All right, we'll try again. Let's try Let's watch this week, and we'll do Oppenheimer next. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if anything, it's like the Kens should just go like invent bombs. I know. Do you know what I did do? I watched I had never seen Top Gun before. I watched it the night after the Barbie movie. And I was like, this is like the Kens wrote a movie. It's so hilariously like incel patriarchy pilled. It's so funny. Like he's just talking down to his teacher and she's like oh my god I can't resist you and it's like why would she ever hook up with him yeah but also like again like just in terms of filmmaking and suspension of disbelief I do think and maybe this has fucked me up long term and actually I don't even really realize until now I'm I'm, here I am like Jessel putting things together but like 
Jess I, is not putting anything together though. Remember, and I remember the table. She was like, maybe I actually have been not like sexualizing my husband. It's like, you know, shit, you keep telling us yeah. that. What do you mean? That's the really guess. tragic thing is that Jessel has no idea how tragic she looks. It She's hurts. like, oh no, I never actually even was ever attracted to him. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. She doesn't see herself. She doesn't see what they, I just can only hope that she will learn. But what were you going to say? I thought Top Gun was one of the sexiest movies ever. And I take my breath away. That soundtrack, you want to talk about a soundtrack to get yeah. in the mood? Oh my God, take my breath away. You've lost that love and feeling. I just, I I find that movie to just be like stupid erotic. <laughs> That's hilarious. The The soundtrack is really good. I love 80s blockbusters. They're just so fun. We don't make them like that anymore. You know, no, Although I did hear that the new Top Gun, which I didn't see, was fabulous. So. Yeah, I want to see it too. And yep. my sister's dog is named after Goose. I know, but that's where I, I couldn't. I when she told me the dog was named Goose, I was like, "Doesn't isn't Goose the one that dies, or is that Maverick?" Yeah, he does. Di- I, I, I said I said that's, I said to her first thing. I said, "Casey, when she said the dog's gonna be named Goose, I had to, I said, Casey, Goose Goose dies." I guess it was a tribute, but the the second oh, one that's nice. That's nice in honor second, of Goose. Yeah, the dog's in name is in Goose. honor of Goose in memorandum. The second Top Gun, the remake, is about Goose's son. Oh, so maybe actually the dog is Goose Jr. But do you remember, like, Tom Cruise's dad died, and that's why he's all fucked up? Right, and yes. And then Goose dies, and he gets even more sad. So I guess oh. the next, the Top Gun Maverick, is Goose is living out that same storyline because his dad died. And then Tom Cruise helps him somehow. Father's- I didn't really find it erotic because I, Tom was sticking his tongue in that lady's mouth in a way yeah. that was really jarring to me. I didn't like that. Do you I like just that? always um I don't like it personally, but I, I thought they had great chemistry. And they this is good like, chemistry. This is before we knew that Tom was like kind of weird dude. And before we kind of really were acknowledging the fact that he's like five two. And mm-hmm. like when I first saw it, it was like he was like who Katie Holmes thought he was. And I just thought like wow like this is so sexy. And his teeth are fucking crazy in that movie. They're still crazy. You, did you know that? Google his teeth. Wait, let me Google it. Are those his natural teeth in the movie or are they different teeth? Oh, they're definitely natural. No one would fake those chompers. Oh my God, wait, wait, Tom. His teeth are off center. His two middle teeth, one of them is in the middle. Do you know how everyone has those two big front oh, teeth? Oh, whoa. Yeah. And once you see it, you'll never unsee it. And it's even more obvious in Top Gun. I think he's gotten them fixed in some way, but he didn't get them fixed all the way because they were way more fucked up early on. Whoa. And if you look at the old pictures of him, it just proves my theory that like you can really become hot no matter what you look like. For sure. If you just focus hard enough and figure out what faces to make and and how to do your eyebrows like I think really everyone can be hot yes I was literally gonna send you that picture that's him in outsiders he looks like an inbred Chernobyl casualty like it's crazy like the asymmetrical one tooth centered is actually the after photo right wow and now there's the next search that comes right up is Tom Cruise teeth top gun so I think that was maybe in the middle Something somewhere in the middle. Top He's gun. definitely had a teeth evolution. Wow. How funny. I, d- I will say it came up on my like discover page or whatever the other day. I almost sent it to you. And then I was like, do not do not. But it was Tom Cruise on one of the like lip sync 
segments like it's like he is such a fucking star man like like it's great he's so funny and he's it's just like yeah he he's a real like he's a movie star no matter what way the teeth shift in the face he's a it, fucking star it doesn't matter doesn't it doesn't matter, matter. What like he's just like. got it he's got mm-hmm. it ah oh! mm-hmm. now i found a thing on the sun about celebrities with weird body parts did you know halle berry has a sixth toe on her right foot if you had a sixth toe wouldn't you remove it i guess it was probably because it might have fucked up her foot i have one last thing to say yeah yeah listen do you want to hear the dumbest tweet yeah okay it was lily allen she said <laughs> I saw Barbie and Oppenheimer this weekend. And my takeaway is that if Oppenheimer was a woman, Hiroshima might not have happened. Okay. She is in the name. (laughs) What? That's also stupid. That's a stupid after tweet for that stupid tweet. If Oppenheimer was a woman, Hiroshima would have been in the kitchen. It was the 1940s. Women didn't have jobs. Atomic bomb inventor Barbie. I'd like to see that. Like Oppenheimer didn't make the bomb in a vacuum. He wasn't like, oh, let's just randomly bomb Japan. It was because the Nazis were also developing nuclear bombs. Like it was right. nobody was like, let's just do this. It was because of a lot of other stuff that happened. And if it was at a time when women were allowed to have careers and a woman was the top scientist, then she probably would have done it. It's the same as like, you know, like fucking Einstein's wife. It's like, if Oppenheimer were a woman, her husband would have just gotten credit for the atomic bomb, number one. (laughs) Number two, Barbie still is Barbie. Like, it was a woman that created her, and in many ways, she's an atomic bombshell of her own. What point does she think she's making? Too many edibles during the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go with that. It wouldn't have been Barbie world if Oppenheimer... Right, if Ruth Handler was a man. I don't know. Maybe she would have created a bomb, and maybe we would be watching an American Girl doll movie instead. Right, right. Maybe it's like, yeah, if Oppenheimer were a woman, she would have created Barbie. Yeah, like what? Yeah, it just makes no sense. It's like, yeah, that's that's not helpful, Lily. <laughs> Bad thought. Yeah. Okay. Wait. The other thing we have to talk about, and maybe this is Patreon only, and maybe we shouldn't even talk about it, but I'll just throw it out there. What a weird story about the woman who faked her kidnapping yeah we all need attention you know there but for the grace of god go i her search history was like how do amber alerts work (laughs) (laughs) space trash trash in space space trash lifestyles the rich and uranus space trash celebrities they're trash but the astrology can help us understand Transmission incoming. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.